Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Zone Defense Podcast. Be sure to ring that bell to get post notifications. Also, smash that like button down below and drop a comment and let us know your thoughts on today's topic. Today, Chris and I are diving into part six of our NBA preview, breaking down the Southwest Division. How's it going, Chris? going well drew yeah uh southwest division uh should be another another really good division i mean all of them i'm really excited to talk about i think it's just really fun to get back in the nba it's our last division uh let's get into it man could not agree more um the nba obviously started yesterday as of the day we're recording this um and tonight most of these teams will get started um so let's jump into the first team here um, and it is the Dallas Mavericks, uh, a team that a lot of people are pretty high on at the end of the season, um, even though Kristaps Porzingis um, is currently injured. And it remains to be seen how soon he will be able to be back on the court. Um, but as for last season goes, they had a pretty good year. Um, they started off really hot and cooled off down the stretch, ultimately finishing as the seventh seed at 43 and 32. Um, but they put up a very valiant effort against the Clippers. Um, of course, most notably, Luca hit, I believe it was game four, hit an amazing buzzer beater. Um, but the Clippers kind of handled them there down the stretch in the final two games and took care of business. But um, they did have an interesting offseason. They added Josh Richardson from the 76ers, James Johnson. They drafted Tyrell Terry and Josh Green. And they also added Wesley Iwundu. Um, in terms of subtractions, they lost a longtime backup point guard. It feels like he's been there for like a decade. And J.J. Barea, uh, sharp, sharp shooter Seth Curry, Justin Jackson, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and then DeLon Wright. Um, so three keys to watch. Uh, first and foremost, is Luka the best player in the NBA? I think he's currently the odds-on favorite to win the MVP this season. Um, in a lot of award predictions, I have seen Luka as a lot of people are picking him to win the MVP. Um, so, Chris, how do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, Luca, an unbelievable player. I'm not going to crown him the best player in the NBA yet, but I actually do believe he's going to win MVP this year. I think uh, he was right on the cusp of it last year. I think uh, this year uh, he's going to continue to improve. I mean, he's still honestly one of the younger players in this league. I mean, uh, he's just in his early 20s now. Uh, I fully expect him to be one of, one of, if not the best player in the NBA for the next 15 to 20 years. I think this dude has a long run of success ahead of him, and he's – He's only getting better. I mean, you look at him, he still only shoots about 30% from the three-point line. I mean, you look at how good he is. His full game is just he's so complete, and he's so good at everything. But, look, I mean, you can even look at There's so much he can improve on. I mean, yet, like I just said, this three-point shooter, I mean, it's not great. He's a low 30%. I mean, he, a lot of improvement on that definitely needs to be. And then also, defensively, he can get better as well. I think I'm assuming his three-point percentage is going to go up a little bit this year. I'm sure he gets a little better on defense as well this year. So these little improvements that he makes every single year are just going to make him that much better and that much closer to being the best player in the league. And I think I think that starts now. Wow. How do you feel about Luka? Where do you think he actually ranks in the NBA in terms of the best player in the league? I mean, it's hard to say. It probably depends on the night. Um, I think he's definitely a top five guy. Um, <clears throat> I would still put him behind. I know you're a little bit lower on Giannis um, than I am, but I would still put him behind Giannis, uh, LeBron, Maybe Anthony Davis. I feel like he's in that Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis. I think he's still worse than Kevin Durant, especially from what we saw in yeah. Game One last night. Kevin Durant looked really good. I think he's still buying Kevin Durant. So I would say he's probably in that fourth, fifth range with guys like Anthony Davis, James Harden, right around there. Um, but in terms of the MVP this year, I don't think LeBron. I think LeBron and AD are going to are going to split votes between each other. Um, I don't think they're going to give it to Giannis for a third straight year unless he averages like forty points, thirty rebounds, and shoots like forty percent from three. If he has a nut season like that, they might give it to Giannis again, but I don't see that happening. Um, and then you got guys like James Harden. He the media is not too happy with him at the moment. Um, so I think Luca is. He's definitely going to be the MVP, even though he might not be the best player in the NBA. But of course, those are. Two, it's kind of a weird conversation to have, but ultimately I do think he's going to win the MVP. I think he's going to have, you mentioned it there, I think he's going to improve defensively. I think he's going to improve his three-point shot, um, and everything else he has is, is is there and is really, really good um, in terms of, I mean, he averages like a triple-double. Oh, he has a triple-double almost every night. It feels like he does everything oh, from rebounding, scoring, assists. Um, and if he improves a little bit defensively and a little more from the three-point range, um, I think he'll have a really stellar season. 
Um, most importantly, though, I think for his MVP chances is the Mavericks have to be a little bit of a better team. Um, I don't know if we saw. I know we saw it when uh, when Russ averaged a triple double. The Thunder were like a sixth or seventh seed. He got the MVP. But other than that, the MVP typically goes to a guy who's on one of the best teams. So um, I think the West is loaded, um, and I think he's going to need to get the Mavericks at least into like the five, four, five seed range to go along with his incredible stats if he does want to get the MVP. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And that's uh, kind of part of why we have number three down. I mean, are they, are they dark horse title contenders? I mean, I would go ahead and say yes, but more more so than even like the Suns and the Trailblazers, meaning that they're a little bit more of a long shot for me. I think those teams are a little more complete, but it really, really depends on, I mean, both of our first two points. Does Luka become the best player or really in that discussion? Because I, I tend to think, I, I do agree, I think, Guys like Giannis, honestly, I would even put guys like Kawhi, guy, a guy like Curry, yeah. Yeah. LeBron. Uh, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, I would put those, all those guys, and KD as well, all those guys ahead of Luka. I think he's around the 5-6 range for best player in the league. But if he really gets up to like two or even even one, uh, they, they, this team could be legit. And, I mean, it also depends on how quickly Porzingis can get back. He had the knee injury in the bubble last year. He seems to always be battling injury. He's still a really good player when he's out there. Uh, another provides a really good secondary scorer for Luca. I mean, the guy can can really carry the load in in games that Luca isn't on. So I mean, it's he's super valuable to the team. Adding a guy like Josh Richardson, I think, is also a good move. He's a better scorer than anyone yeah. that lost. Uh, Richardson can can do a little bit of work with the ball. He's a good spot up shooter as well. Um, really good defender too. He'll, he'll give you 15 a game. He's not he's not some superstar or anything. But he's he's a decent role player and a guy that's going to fit into their starting lineup really nicely. Also, bring, getting back Jalen Brunson as well, that's going to help. He's a decent point guard as well, a guy that can can find some minutes in the rotation, whether he's a starter or he's off the bench. He's going to provide some scoring punch as well. Um, you know, they also have guys like Maxi Kleba, Kleba, I think it is, and he he's a decent yeah. player as well. So, I mean, uh, this – it's it, Luca and Porzingis and a lot of guys that are could be starters, could be bench players. I'm not really sure. They're gonna have to kind of find their way. I know they got guys like uh, another guy like Dorian Finney-Smith. He's a good uh, two-way player as well, a, a solid defender, makes up for some of their defensive woes. It's gonna be an interesting run to see. This is one of those those teams that really they do have a wide range of outcomes. I could fully yeah. missing the playoffs with the loaded West, a lot of moving parts. The roster isn't insanely talented around Luca and Porzingis. And if Porzingis isn't out there, it's really going to take Luca's best effort to will them into the playoffs. But if, if Porzingis is back, I, I do believe they're a playoff team, but I could still see them missing. How do you feel about this team? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it there. They have, they do have some pieces. Um, they also have. Uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned him, Tim Hardaway Jr., Trey yep, Burke. Dwight Powell, he was pretty good for them before he went down with the injury last season. Um, so they, I agree with you. They have a decent team. Um, but this is a team, we mentioned it earlier in our Eastern Conference previews, um, like the Celtics, who I was really high on. Oh, the Celtics, they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals easily. And then as I really looked at their roster, I was like, and looked at the other rosters of the conference, I'm like, I don't really know if the Celtics are that good. And the same thing goes here for the Mavericks. I look at their roster, and it's not as great as I think I initially thought. Um, and I, honestly, I think the key for them to be a top five team in the West for because of how good it is, is our point number two is the health of Porzingis. I mean, this is a guy who, who has been an all-star, uh, was a superstar for the Knicks, was really good last year for the Mavericks, was finally finally starting to um, get his stride going and started to look really, really good. And then he got hurt again. And this guy, I mean, it's. I mean, he's still young. Um, I think he's still he's in his early 20s. He's 25, um, so he's still really young. Um, and he just has such a dynamic skill set. He's such a great player. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, this is a guy who cannot stay on the court to save his life at all. I mean, he, every time he steps on the court, he's getting nicked up, banged up. Um, and if he's out, I mean, he's already out. The season hasn't started yet. He's already injured. Um, if he doesn't come back for a long time or if he comes back and then he gets injured right away again, um, I agree with you. I think this is a team that, could find their, themselves in the play-in tournament and maybe even lose the play-in tournament. We've already talked about teams like the Suns, like the Jazz, like the Blazers. I think the Mavs are right there in that mix. And if Porzingis is healthy, Luca raises his game, I could easily see this team being a 4-5 team. But if, um, if, especially with Porzingis, I think Porzingis is the key. If Porzingis isn't healthy, I think this team might not make the playoffs, which would be really disappointing considering they have such a dynamic MVP caliber player in Luka Doncic. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. The Mavs are 
just one of those teams that are going to be really fun fun to see where they finish this season. I mean, I, like, I, like you said, I could realistically see them being a, a four or five. See, I don't think this is – I probably would say no to the Dark Horse title contender, but they'd be like a really big-time Dark Horse, I guess. They, they have a chance, I'd say, if Luca really just becomes an unbelievable player where he's averaging 40 a game. I think that – that would be a situation where they'd actually have a chance to yeah. be a title contender. But I think that's an absolute long shot, even if he does win the MVP. I really think that, like it, like you said, Porzingis uh, makes all the difference. Uh, I think without him, they're they're a fringy playoff team, a play-in, a potential upset play-in team, or either way, I could see them missing or making it in, in the seven or eight spot. But with him, I think maybe they fit more into the – I think they will make the playoffs probably if he, if he is healthy and playing well. Yeah, uh, I, but this is one of those teams that I am in the West. It's a loaded. It's really a loaded conference compared to the East, and it's it's going to be fun to watch this battle for those last four or five spots in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think the big. I mean, last year we didn't even mention it. I think last year, in terms of offensive efficiency, they were the greatest offense of all time yeah. in NBA history. Um, yeah. It was just their defense was so bad. And I think getting a guy like Josh Richardson, even a guy like James Johnson, I know he's a little bit older now, but he's still a solid defender. Um, if Luca is able to take a next step, be a better defender. I think that's also a key. Along with Porzingis being healthy, they also got to improve their defense because their offense is already good. Um, yes, but I, I tend to think they're probably going to be, if I had to bet, I'd, I'd say they're like a five, six seed most likely. Um, but as we've already mentioned, if a few things go wrong, they could be less than that. But if a few things go right, Porzingis is healthy, all that stuff, they could be a little bit higher than that. But um, I know Luca's one of your favorite players, so I'm sure we can probably talk about the Mavs for the next, you know, oh, 45 yeah. minutes to an hour. <laughs> but um, I think we'll move on to the next team. Um, another interesting team, probably the team that's garnered the most headlines out of any team in this offseason, the Houston Rockets, uh, because of the James Harden saga, all that stuff. But uh, Chris, I'll let you introduce them. Yeah, so the Houston Rockets, I mean, obviously another a disappointing season last year, but they were able to get through. Uh, they were able to defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder in, in that really in entertaining first-round playoff series. Unfortunately, went down to the Los Angeles Lakers, just weren't enough after winning game one, similarly to the Blazers did to the, the Lakers, winning game one. People were like, oh, they might win the series, and then it just was it was over. The series was over after that four in a row, and, and it, it really didn't go that well for them. But, uh, you know, the Rockets – like you said, have been making headlines for, I would say, all the wrong reasons. I mean, this team has just been all over the place in terms of what they're actually – what is this team going to be this come this season? I mean, Will Hart – I mean, I'm honestly getting my keys to watch before I even look at the additions. I mean, really, what are we – I just have no idea what's going to happen to Harden this year. But I, I guess we'll, we'll jump into the additions and subtractions first, and then we'll, then we'll kind of discuss it. I really, But I really just have no idea. This entire season hinges on whether or not Harden is on the roster and, and – uh, I'll give you my opinion on that after we go through the additions. But yeah, uh, additions are obviously the key trade, the Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade. I mean, they're bringing in John Wall, coming off his catastrophic injury, he's finally healthy, uh, has looked pretty well, pretty good so far, I would say, in, in the uh, limited preseason games. We're going we're gonna to find out really how healthy he is, how many minutes they're willing to play him and, and everything in the, or in the regular season coming forward. And then uh, also, unfortunately, to me and Drew's chagrin, Christian Wood is now on the Rockets as well, and has looked very good so far. I will yeah. say he's looked impressive so far. I'm I'm really excited to get into him. I think he's a, a great player. And then they also got in uh, Boogie Cousins as well, Gerald Green, Jerrion Grant, Sterling Brown, and, of course, lost all-star Russell Westbrook, Luke Richard, Abamute, Tyson Chandler, and then another big loss, Robert Covington, to the Portland Trailblazers in the trade. They did get a first-round pick for him, so – Fair value, but it's it's a guy they're going to have to replace. Probably their best defender, and then Jeff Green and Austin Rivers, a couple of role players coming off the bench for them. Green was very valuable for them in the bubble, so that's going to be an interesting. Green always provides that scoring punch. They're always this is a team that's going to have to make up for that now. But they did they did acquire Christian Woods, so I think maybe they did a good job of that. But yeah, like you said, Harden just continues to be rumored with, I feel like he's been rumored with almost every NBA team now, and it's always a star player mentioning it, but no one seems to be willing to give it up. I, I really think that's that's been the uh, the narrative for almost every single team, whether it's the Heat, the Celtics, the Nets, and any other team, even, even a team like the Blazers. Uh, it, it really has just been, I've seen, what, seven or eight teams, honestly, he's been rumored to, and all it's the same situation. We don't want to give up this guy. We don't want to give up that guy. You got to give up something for Harden. 
but it really seems like the entire league is almost shunned any star player that they're willing to give up for Harden. So uh, do you think he's going to get traded before the regular season, during, or just do you think he's going to ride out the rest of this year? Okay, well, before we get into that, um, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a second because James Harden, I, I mean – I cannot stand any of the stuff he's been doing. I mean, he I'm all for <laughs> player empowerment. Um, and I, I think the the players have every right to demand trades, talk about it, um, because they do get screwed in the CBA discussions a lot of the time, and they do they do deserve more um, say. But this is getting ridiculous. I mean, it happened last year with Anthony Davis where he just pouted on the sideline, stopped playing, forced his way to the Lakers. I know no one wants to talk about it now because he won a championship, but he did the same crap. And then Harden's taken it one step further. I mean, he's going – I mean, this is a guy – this is a city, a Houston, they've given him Arden all the support. The team has done everything he's asked from trading for Russell – or trading for Chris Paul. Then Harden's like, I don't want Chris Paul. And then trading for Russell Westbrook. I don't want Westbrook. And then trading for Way Westbrook. Um, and absolutely destroyed the team's future. And then Harden, after he did all that, because reportedly – the reason they made those somewhat dumb trades in, in hindsight was because of what Harden and that's what Harden wanted. So now that he literally destroyed this franchise's future, now he's like, I want out. And I feel like there's a mature, polite, respectful way to say I want out. And then there's what Harden's doing, going to strip clubs, going to parties without wearing any mask, showing up fat and out of shape to the preseason games, throwing balls at teammates in practice, getting into heated arguments, just being an overall, quite frankly, and pardon my French, just being a jerk. And it's like, it's bad for the culture. He's just, he's just immature. And it's really, it's really irritating. I mean, I have a Harden jersey back here. I was a Harden fan, um, but this is just ridiculous, uh, quite frankly. And if I'm the Rockets, I know to, to go circle back to your question, um, if I'm the Rockets, I know they want, I think they reportedly, the, the Nets offered like uh, Dinwiddie, Lavert, Jared Allen, and some picks. Um, and the Rockets were like, well, we want either Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. Honestly, I mean, I know on paper that's a bad trade because Harden is way better and you're not really getting a whole lot back in return, even though I think Lavert, Dinwiddie, Allen, they're nice pieces as well as the draft picks. Um, I think you just have to look at it from a culture standpoint. I mean, Harden is absolutely destroying the culture of this team. By all accounts, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood are doing great. I think if you slide a guy in like a Karis Lavert, like a Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe a Ben Simmons with the 76ers, that's the other really hot rumor. Um, even though you might not be getting enough back, I think – the positives of just getting Harden out of the building and just being done with his crap um, is just it, it's it, it outweighs his talent in my opinion. And honestly, I mean, would he really be putting up the amount of stats he did last year if he was in another system? I don't know. I mean, the system was really dominant on him getting a lot of shots up, doing a lot of stuff. Uh, and I still think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I think uh, he might be a little bit overrated. And I know Chris, I used to be the Harden defender, but I think he might be a little bit overrated. Um, and I think if I'm the Rockets, just get him out of here. But if I had to bet on it, sorry, I know I went on a little bit of rant there, but just all this stuff Harden's been, been doing is just really been frustrating me, and I really wanted to get it yeah. off my chest. Um, I mean, I, you, I, mean, you I couldn't agree it. more. I'll, I'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you, man. I mean, he's been a little baby about this entire situation. Uh, you know my opinion on Harden. I'm not a fan of him either. I think he is more of a diva than people get led on to. I mean, you're seeing it right now. I think he's been the problem with some of these stars that they've brought in, you know, like Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook's got his own thing. He seems like a good teammate to me. And same with Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul, you look at him, goes from the Rockets where it's, it was supposedly all his fault. Everything was all his fault. That's all I ever heard. It was all nothing Harden, all him. He goes into the Thunder, a team that was supposed to be trash, and they're like, oh, well, well why do they trade for him? And they make the playoffs. So and it almost took down this Houston Rockets team as well because Chris Paul is awesome. But I really think James Harden, I think he's criminally overrated personally. I mean, like you said, you put him in the – you didn't. You weren't sure if Luka was better than him. I am fully 100% yeah. Luka is a better player in almost every single facet of the game than James Harden, and I absolutely cannot stand this, dude. I know you were getting all riled up. I'm starting to get fired up. I hate this guy, honestly, of an NBA player. I think this guy is just – he's just a jerk. He's just – I just – I think any team that brings him in, I'm in, even the Brooklyn Nets, I honestly think, weirdly enough, that team's championship chances go down if they bring in James Harden. I really think he disrupts the flow of that offense and that what that team is. I mean, I really like their their young core around Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So I I think bringing in Harden is a mistake. Same with 
the Philadelphia 76ers. Like you said, you said Ben Simmons might not be a good enough return. Ben Simmons is 100% more valuable and a better – I think he might honestly be a better player than James Harden, weirdly enough. I think Ben Simmons is awesome. Wow. So, you know I'm a Ben Simmons truther as well. So, uh, they're, they're honestly in a similar tier of a player, and Simmons is what – 10 years younger than him. I would much rather have Ben Simmons in my program than him. But uh, I really like, I personally think he is going to get traded. I have no idea where. And I think whatever team takes him, I'm going to be annoyed with. Cause I think the Rockets, I, I feel bad for the Rockets. They don't seem like a well-run franchise either. So it's definitely partly on them and, and maybe haven't been, yeah. you don't really see everything. So maybe there's some stuff with that, that where they haven't been honest with Harden or like, Oh yeah, we're going to win. Yeah compete and then now now we're going to rebuild like maybe that that could be part of the reason and he could be frustrated about it but i really think he's been part of the problem as well so i think it's maybe both sides maybe they're a little bit of the rockets but a little bit him as well more of a lot of it him as well because i choose to blame him on this he's just not a player that i really like to watch either play basketball so i mean obviously he's a really good player still i'm not even by saying he's overrated he's still a top 10 player but he's just a guy that i just i just don't anymore i think he's just overrated and overhyped as well well yeah if i can just add to that i mean going back to the rockets this is the, their first year with new coach steven silas who's been a really good assistant for years um, by all accounts should have got a head coach head coaching job years ago because he was more than qualified to have a head coaching position but um it's just so disrespectful for harden to just do this to steven silas i mean that's just disrespectful it's ridiculous and also i mean and this is more of a, just a broader thing for all athletes, not just in basketball, but and not just with Harden. But he's got to be careful that he doesn't start alienating his fans. Because, I mean, look at the current world we're living in where people are losing their lives, losing, losing loved ones, losing their jobs, losing all this. And Harden's out partying at strip clubs, losing his mind, throwing balls at people, being a jerk all because he's mad because he's getting paid $30 million to play basketball. And I don't like playing that card all too often, but you just got to look at the world around you, man, and look at like how other people are struggling and you just show up to practice and be a jerk. So it's ridiculous. Um, and it, I, again, I go back to, I think we talked about this when we were talking about the Pistons. As you look at a guy like Blake Griffin, like Derek Rose, I, I am sure they've probably had talks behind the scenes about, hey, are you going to look to trade me? I'd like to play for a contender. That's more than fine. And that I respect that. That's great. Um, there's, and that's a, that's an example of like a proper, respectful, mature way to handle it. And then there's a way like Harden where you show up to practice, you make everyone's lives miserable. Um, and I, honestly, if I was a guy like Cousins and Wall, Christian Wood, I'd be like, dude, just get out of here. Just leave. We'll trade you soon. And I think I would really love to see you. Karis Silver, Jared Allen, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie on this team. I don't know if they'd be good, um, especially in the loaded West, but they definitely be a lot more entertaining. And I yeah. think the culture and the, the mood, I think Steven Silas, like I said, I think he's a really good coach. I think everything would be really good. And I think it would outweigh the talent loss that you would have with Harden because you just have so much more of a maturity and a character boost by getting this clown out of the building, quite frankly. But um, <laughs> yeah. I would, I don't know if you want to add any more to Harden or we can jump into the, to the, the more important players on this Rockets team. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and jump in. Yeah. We'll go ahead and jump into the, uh, the other players on the roster. We'll act like Harden is there for now and we'll kind of talk about the rest of the roster uh, with, I mean, the heart of it really be comes down to both Christian Wood and then the health of Cousins and Wall. So we'll jump into Cousins and Wall. Um, clearly, yes, obviously. I mean, it goes without saying. There's not even a question next to it. Uh, that it's a clear concern is that they, they can these two stay healthy. I mean, Cousins has had condition both conditioning issues and and uh, issues staying in the court just due to injury as well. But Cousins, while he's in the court, I think he really still ha I think he still has a little bit left to offer. I mean, he's a he's a good big man. I mean, he he's not the same all NBA superstar that he was for a couple of years with Anthony Davis uh, and before that with the Kings, but he's still what I consider uh, a player that belongs in the rotation, a guy that could maybe be in the starting lineup as well from time to time. He offers a little bit of shooting, still good, decent rebounding as well and, and good scoring all over the place. Uh, I do like him still a little bit in terms of a player. I think he's still got some talent left. And then John Wall, I mean, so far looks pretty solid. It's, a, it's definitely a downgrade from Russell Westbrook, but he's still he's got similar attributes to the, to the things Russell Westbrook does well. I think John Wall, I mean, if Harden goes, I think John Wall is going to be, stat-wise, be really good. I mean, they don't really have a lot of other options to get the ball. Someone's got to score the ball on this team if Harden ends up getting traded, depending on what they get back, obviously, as well. He, he could be the number two guy, but if it is that Brooklyn Nets package, I would assume he comes into the de facto number one option on the team. 
probably will average over 20 a game as well. May even with Harden, but yeah, I mean, both these guys clear have clear health concerns. Obviously John wall with the, with the catastrophic knee injury couple, a couple of seasons ago, he hasn't played basketball in a really long time, but it looks good so far. So, I mean, Hopefully they, these two can stay on the floor for them for most of the season and, and be solid contributors. Uh, what do you think about both Cousins and Wall? I mean, you said it right there at the end. Hopefully they could stay on the court long enough together um, and not get injured because that's that's really the key. I mean, I think John Wall, um, I'm biased. He's one of my fa more favorite players in the league. Uh, he's also a guy similar to Harden where you do kind of sometimes have to worry about his off-the-court antics. Sometimes he says stuff, does stuff, that kind of makes you go, what? Um, by, but by all accounts, him and – DC loved him. Washington DC loved him. Um, he seems to be really enjoying his time in Houston so far. Him and Cousins, obviously, they they were really good friends back to the back in their Kentucky days. Uh, reunited here in Houston, um, and I, I think the the relationship there will really help the chemistry and, and alleviate some of the chemi chemistry issues um, created by Harden. Um, and I think they're both very talented players. I think John Walls is really really good. Demarcus Cousins, I don't think he'll ever be that guy we saw in Sacramento ever again, or even that one year in New Orleans when he was like a borderline MVP candidate. Uh, but I still think he can be a, a top or league or above league above average um, center in this league. Um, and I think uh, it, it just comes down to them staying healthy. And I think Christian Wood, um, to kind of jump into point number three, has looked really nice as well. Um, and I, I think I mean, he's, he went coast to coast. I don't know if you saw that one play. And then the, the announcer was like, who needs James Harden? I thought yeah, that was pretty yeah. funny. Um, because it was a very like clunky, awkward coast to coast by Christian Wood, but it's still it was still impressive that he can he has that skill. Um, a guy of his size, um, being a power forward and everything, but yeah, I think that's a solid big three. They also got guys like Danwell House. We already mentioned they got Gerald Green. Uh, they Gordon. also they still have they still have Eric Gordon. I think they still have PJ Tucker as well. Ben McElmore, um, decent players. There are some rumors that Tucker and Gordon might also be traded if Harden ends up getting traded. I guess they, they might not be happy there as happy there either. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. But um, yeah, I think it, it just comes down to as long as Cousins and Wall can stay healthy, which is a concern. Obviously, um, I think this is a playoff team. Um, but I'm not sure. Do you agree? Do you think this team? Do you think they have enough to be a playoff team, or do you think um, they either need to trade Harden, or if they do trade Harden, do are they no longer playoff? Yeah, I think if they trade hard and this is a team on the outside looking in, maybe playing in the playing game as one of the lower seeds, trying to knock off a higher seed is what I could see this team without Harden. With Harden, I think they're probably a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, Harden has pretty much been a consistent get to the playoffs and choke guy for his entire career. I don't think this roster makes it any different. I mean, I mean, obviously losing Ross hurts, but they did add, I mean, John Wall is probably 80 to 90% of what Russell Westbrook is. And then you add a guy like Christian Wood, um, and maybe even, I mean, the roster, I mean, Robert Covington also is a big loss. So the roster probably got a little bit worse, yeah. but not a whole lot worse. I expect them probably to be around a playoff team with Harden, probably five, six, maybe seven or eight seed with Harden without him. I think they're in the double digit seeds, maybe maybe sneak into the eight spot as the ceiling. But yeah, Christian Wood, obviously, before we get into our next team, I'll talk about him as well. Obviously, really sad to see him go with with Detroit. Yeah. I really was hoping we'd sign him back, but instead we got guys like Mason Plumley. So we should be super happy about that. Um my journey <laughs> this way as well. So I'm really excited for him to come in. But yeah, Christian Wood, uh he he definitely has some awesome qualities on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, this is a guy that can easily average twenty and ten on a given year. I mean, he pretty much was doing that with Detroit after we let Andre Drummond go. Ah, uh, but he does have some work to do on the defensive side of the ball. Not a great rim protector. Really doesn't do offer a whole lot on the defensive side of the ball. But he's still a young guy. Definitely. I mean, he's he's a dude that was uh, really late. I mean, this this dude was like the Pistons' twelfth guy on their roster. Wasn't supposed to be anything special. So I mean, you can't expect him to be. Just a totally polished player, but uh, a guy that has a lot of tricks up his sleeve on the offensive side, like you said, with the the awkward coast to coast move he had. It is nice to see he has that in his game, in his arsenal, but does need some work defensively. But other than that, I mean, I think we can probably jump into our next team if uh, if you're ready. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you too. I think the. Uh, they're, they're probably right in their teams, but we'll talk about here a little bit later in this episode, like your Memphis is your New Orleans. Um, in terms of like the play in tournament towards like the bottom half of the Western conference playoff picture. And speaking of one of those teams, uh, we'll jump in here to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they obviously uh, they were surrounded by J John Morant last season. Uh, they were in a playoff spot for most of the year, kind of choked in the bubble a little bit uh, and lost in the play in game 
to the Portland Trailblazers. They finished as the ninth seed in the West at 34 and 39. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about this team, but this is a very interesting team for me oh, yeah. um, because they got a star in John Morant, uh, but Jaron Jackson Jr. is hurt, and they have just a bunch of other guys on this team. Um, in terms of additions, not a whole lot. Uh, they drafted Desmond Bain, uh, who I, is supposed to be pretty good, uh, Killian Tilly, and then Michigan State alum Xavier, Xavier Tillman, obviously. Uh, and subtractions, they lost Josh Jackson to the Pistons, and they also lost uh, veteran leader Anthony Tolliver as well. But um, the number one thing for this team, obviously, is John Morant. I mean, he's looked really, really good in the preseason games. Um, a lot of people are projecting him as possibly a most improved player candidate, maybe a dark horse MVP candidate if all things go well, if Memphis – plays above expectations like they did last season. Um, but, I mean, I thought he looked really, really good last year. I expect him to take another step this year, uh, maybe improve the shot a little bit, maybe improve defensively a little bit. But I think he's still really good both sides of the ball already. Um, and I think this this he could easily be a top 10 point guard by the end of the season. But um, what are your thoughts on Jock? Yeah, I mean, I don't really don't think he's that far outside. Of, I think there's an argument that he's already inside the top 10 point guards in the league. I mean, definitely towards the bottom. But I think he, he is in the early – the late single digits for the point guard position already. I think he's a, he's a great player all around. Uh, really just going to take improvement from him incrementally at, at any, every part of his game. I mean, he's a, he's a good playmaker, a, a good finisher around the rim. I mean, I think he's even a decent defender, plays the passing lanes decently well and has been for sure during the preseason. Multiple games with more than one steal so far in the preseason. So, I mean, that's also going to be nice to see him develop on the defensive side of the ball. I think it really does come down to that outside shot. It really, he wasn't horrible last year shooting the ball, but but very streaky and and doesn't take enough shots either from beyond the arc. I think if, if he adds a few more, he needs to take a couple more threes per game to really increase his game and really develop into that star player that this team needs him to be. And, and he, a guy that I could absolutely see being an alpha dog. I really like John Morant's game a lot. He, he seems like a guy... That is a he's a good teammate. He seems like a, a dude that I would absolutely love as my as my star player to build around. He's super young, uh, but it really comes to this team. I mean, I'm gonna kind of lump it into two and three now. Uh, it really comes down to whether or not for this team to make any noise in the playoffs and be a playoff team. I really think it comes down to Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, uh, you could look at this team really struggle without him. He he was hurt towards the end of the year. Didn't make the trip turn into the bubble either, and this team didn't really do much in the bubble, and they were able, unfortunately. Oh. Unable to hold on. Well, fortunately for me, because it was the Portland Trailblazers that took their spot, but unfortunately not able to hold down their spot in the playoffs, in the bubble. So I think Jaron Jackson, I mean, clearly, I, he, I mean, you can make an argument he might be better than John Moran, in my opinion. I think, I think Jaron is a super underrated player. And maybe that's a little bit of state, Michigan State bias, but I think his all around game is awesome as well. Similar to Moran, I think people has a really good all around game. Uh, an excellent shot blocker, a really good defender, and and also offers a lot at the offense side of the ball and can continue to improve. Another really young guy, only played one year in college as well, so so super young, honestly. And uh, this is a good, really a good duo for me to build around. I mean, Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., those two together, I think they, they really can both become blossom into stars before eyes. But I really do think it's going to take at least one more year because I think Jackson with the knee – Morant needs maybe one more year, but if he makes those big-time strides, like you said, maybe most improved player, a dark horse MVP candidate, this could be a team that finds himself similarly to the Thunder to me. I think they could they they do have the ceiling of being a five to, or a four, five, six seed, but also have the floor of being a low play-in tournament team, in my, in my opinion. They do have some nice role players, and I'll let you I'll let you address those if you'd like to. Yeah, I mean, with with uh, this, this team reminds me of kind of like a like a slightly worse version of the Mavericks, where they have a yeah. really good duo, um, and the, the the big man of that duo has some serious health concerns. Um, because with Jaron, I think if, when they have Jaron on the floor, um, he's a really good shooter. He needs to improve the other areas of his game a little bit, but he's still a really solid player. Uh, and I think I would feel more confident with this team being a play-in tournament team if Jaron was playing the whole season. Um, but just with the concerns there, it still is really unknown when he'll make a season debut at this moment in time. Um, and I think that this – honestly, this team, I don't have them in the play-in tournament in my predictions. Um, I think they're going to be the first team out of the play-in tournament um, just because I feel like the teams around them got better. Um, and I know Desmond Bain is, is going to be a solid rookie most likely. But other than that, they really didn't do anything. Um, they didn't really lose a whole lot either. They just kind of stayed in place. Um, they have some solid pieces, though, in, in Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark. 
Uh, Jonas Valanciunas had a really nice season last year. It went a little bit overlooked um, because it was in Memphis. Um, and then also, I mean, Kyle Anderson's solid defensively, I guess. Grayson Allen gives you a little scoring off the bench. Tyus Jones, Gorgie Dane, they got some guys. But um, when I just look at the – and Justice Winslow, but he's also injured as well. So um, if, if there's their, – their ceiling, it's kind of high, but I really think it's like the sixth seed. That's like the, their best-case scenario. Um, I, I see this team more as a team that's going to be feisty. It, it, I, honestly, and this might be offensive to some to our Grizzly listeners, but um, I, I see the Grizzlies more on the Kings side of things than mm-hmm. I do with like the Pelicans and other teams like that. Um, I could see them. I, I really don't think that they're going to sneak into the play-in tournament. I have more confidence, even if the Rockets do end up trading James Harden, I have a more more confidence in a team like that. A team like the Pelicans, we'll talk about here in a second, the Suns, the Mavs, the Blazers, the Jazz, all those teams, and I do the Grizzlies. And I really do think they are more in that – they're better They're better than the Kings and the Wolves, um, but I, I don't see them being, making the play-in tournament. But uh, wow. am I yeah. am I crazy? Or I mean, I just think the, the West is loaded. I mean, I think if this was an Eastern Conference team, and I feel like we see this about every team, if it was an Eastern Conference team, they'd be a playoff team. But with the West, someone's not going to make it. And I think the lack of moves, how – much better the rest of the other West teams that they were competing with last year got. Um, I think that just results in the Grizzlies being what the 11th seed probably. I think they're my first team out of the out of the play-in tournament. I mean, it's not insane, but for me, I mean, this was a surprising team last year. I mean, this team wasn't expected to make much noise, but I think really bringing in John Morant was the was the key difference there. And I think having Jaron Jackson back, having guys like Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, and then. Uh, just Winslow, if he can come back as well from his injury. I, I mean, they got they got even more guys than that. But, I mean, th- those guys mainly uh, – I mean, they were able to maintain pretty much the same core as last year. I mean, Josh Jackson, Anthony Tolliver really weren't big impact players for this team. I think that coupled with the rookies, if any of them can hit, you know, Desmond Bain has a high ceiling for sure. And I think it's really going to come down to – there's a lot – there is a lot of ifs with this team. But I think that if – if Jaron Jackson is able to come back from his injury quicker than we, we expect, which I really don't even know. I haven't seen. I was trying to find some news on that timeline when he's supposed to be back. I really couldn't find anything. I have no idea when this guy's coming back. I mean, it's, right now it's the first couple of weeks of the season, but it, okay, they're well, going to reevaluate re- re- it. It might be longer, it might be shorter, but, yeah, right now he, he's definitely not going to make a season debut um, in, in their season opener. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he's able to come back within a month, I think this team could absolutely be a playoff team. But if not, I think – that's when you start to see play in and maybe where you're uh, the, the more time he misses potentially missing even the play in tournament. So I don't think you're insane. I think I'm a little bit higher on this team because I do think John Morant is, is a really good player. And I think he is going to take that next, next step this year. And if he, if he does and Jaron Jackson's back, I think that duo seriously can carry them into the playoffs, similarly to the Dallas Mavericks, maybe not at the same level, but I do think this team could find their way to a magical run. And, and you know, maybe they're not done making moves, you know, uh, this could be a team looking to add a piece, not James Harden, hopefully, because I like yeah. the core. I don't want them to bring in James Harden because I do think they're going to continue to improve. But uh, I could absolutely see them making a move for another player for sure. So uh, uh, definitely a team I'm interested in seeing how they play this year. I, this is a team that I do like a lot, despite being in the same division as the Trailblazers. Being a thorn in the side of the Trailblazers last year, I feel like we the Blazers could not beat them for most of the season until the play-in tournament. So uh, – but a, a team that I do like to watch, though, for sure, and, and I'm going to be rooting for them to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I honestly, I 100% agree with everything you said there. Um, I, I see the ceiling. Um, there's just a lot of ifs there. Like, if Jaron Jackson's back, if Winslow's back, if they make another move, um, if Jaw takes the next step, there's just a lot of ifs. And I have yeah. more confidence in other teams, um, including the Warriors, too. I didn't mention them earlier when I was talking about other teams I just have more confidence in. So, uh, like I said, I still like this team. If they – make it to the if they win the play in tournament get the seventh or eighth seed or even sneak into the sixth seed it wouldn't surprise me a, a whole lot um because i do think they have a lot of solid talent on this roster um, however i just like some other teams a little bit more but um without a doubt i mean it feels like, it feels like every western conference team um is really entertaining to watch and the grizzlies are obviously no different even if they don't make the playoffs but uh, we'll hop in here to a team that is not interesting to watch, the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and I apologize, Chris, but I think you get the like the worst, least, int- most in- least interesting teams um, 
in each of these NBA preview episodes, but uh, take it away here with the Spurs. All right, so the San Antonio Spurs, unfortunately, were not able to make the playoffs last year. Did make the trip into the bubble, but not a lot of success there. I mean, it's just at the San Antonio Spurs, I mean, it was bound to happen at some point. Their, their aging core of just studs, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, was bound to not last, and you're seeing the after effects of that. They really haven't found an identity since then. I mean, they have – the dynamic duo of DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, the two dinosaurs of the league. I really, they're going to have to figure out what to do. Uh, I think this is going to be a season where the San Antonio Spurs are, are well, are going to be competing for a, a top five pick. And I really think this team, well, as I'll get into, I, I don't think this team has much of a chance to make the playoffs. So, uh, they really didn't do a whole lot in the offseason. Katia Bates, Diop, the really main addition that wasn't a rookie. They also had a Trey Jones, a Duke guard, which is an interesting pick, and then Devin Vassell as well. Uh, unfortunately lost Bryn Forbes, a decent role player, Marco Bellinelli, and then Chamizi Metu as well. So, I mean, three pieces there. It wasn't really a, a noteworthy offseason for them. Pretty boring, like you said. This team really isn't interesting to watch, and we'll get into it. Why? I mean, is this the worst Spurs team in over two decades? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I mean, because because of what I just said, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge are getting older. I mean, both are still quality players in this league for sure. DeRozan and Aldridge, it's kind of getting the point too as well. Will they be traded? I believe both will be traded at some point throughout the season. And if they are, I mean, these are two quality pieces that can really give you a boost. I mean, DeRozan doesn't offer much in the shooting department. Besides that, is a good all-around player. I mean, a, good, a great finisher, got a good mid-range game, also a really good defender as well. I mean, he's still a good player. Offer he offers over twenty points per game scoring. So if your team needs a scoring punch, I can see. Honestly, I can see a team like the Memphis Grizzlies going after. Yeah, him. I was about to say the same thing. I, I was about to say the same really, thing. Weirdly, a really interesting spot for for uh, DeRozan to go. A team that doesn't really have a lot of veteran players besides Jonas Valanciunas. I think DeRozan could actually fit in really. Yeah, nice. DeRozan, DeRozan, and Valanciunas played uh, played in Toronto together too. So yeah, they did. There. I think that's actually a potential landing spot for a guy like DeRozan if if it all goes as we expect, which I, I do expect this team to miss out on the playoffs. But Aldridge as well, not really sure a good landing spot for him. Uh, I'm trying to think of a team with a with maybe maybe a team like the Mavericks if. Porzingis can't come back. I, I could be if they're really trying to make the playoffs this year. That could be a potential landing spot. If a team like the Blazers has a lot of injuries, uh, that could be uh, he could go back to. He'd be like a guy if if you lose your big man, you can trade for Aldridge and he can fill in that void basically. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a, he's still a, a guy that averages around twenty a game. Offers a lot of shooting. He's not a great defender anymore in this career. Lost a lot of that athleticism. He kind of reminds me of a Zach Randolph type, where he's more yeah. of, now he's more. Of skill like you're seeing a lot of those skills he's had his whole career really have been you know on the forefront i mean i don't watch a ton of spurs basketball when i do all i notice is how skilled the marcus aldridge is i mean if he still had that athleticism he could he could honestly be the best big man in this league yeah. but he's lost a lot of that so it's basically just a lot of his technique and stuff and him being a good shooter and out at this point in his career has definitely helped helped yeah, he's a really good shooter yeah some expectation. I really didn't expect him to still be a noteworthy player in this league, but he still is. I mean, I would probably say a top 50 player, both him and DeRozan still top 50 players in this league could absolutely be contributors for, for teams looking to contend. But uh, so I'll, I'll let you go ahead and you can answer either one, two, or you can get into three as well. Just the floor is yours. <laughs> well, um, I mean, yes, this is the worst first team in over two decades. Um, but that's like, they last year was the first season in like 20 plus years that they missed the playoffs. They, I think they won what five or six championships. Um, so saying this is the worst team, it's not like, it's not like saying this is the worst Pistons team. Cause then they're like really, really bad. Um, this is still a solid team. They have some interesting guys. Um, Jakob, we'll talk about the younger guys in a second there. Uh, Murray, uh, Derek white, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, Derek white, um, Patty Mills, they got some guys. They got some. They got some veteran. Trey Lyles, um, Keldon Johnson. They got some older guys too. And Rudy Gay. I, I kind of forgot he was on their team, yep. uh, along with the Rosen and Aldridge. So um, this is a team that like it, it's the Spurs. And I hate saying this, but you can never count the Spurs out. On paper, I don't think I. I also see them in a very similar. I think they're worse than the Grizzlies, so I would put yeah, them in like with the. They're better than the Thunder, though, so I'd put them with like the the Kings and the Timberwolves in that tier of teams in the West. Um, however, I mean, if things bounce right, um, they could find their way into the play-in tournament. They actually had a very underrated bubble performance. I thought they looked pretty solid in and the bubble. Um, 
they just missed out on the play-in tournament and teams like the Suns and the Grizzlies um, overshadowed and, and the Blazers overshadowed them a little bit, but they looked solid in the bubble. I um, in all honesty, and if they can carry some of that momentum into this season, maybe it helps. Uh, they're obviously really well coached with Greg Popovich. Um, so they're not going to be an awful team. Um, and I could see a world where they don't trade DeRozan or Aldridge um, because they're like right in there in the mix for the eighth seed. Um, however, in my opinion, for their long-term future, and we'll talk about the young guys in a second, I do think they have some interesting young guys on this team. Um, I would trade a guy like – I'd trade both DeRozan and Aldridge, get some assets back. As you mentioned, they're still solid players, but they are a little bit on the older side. Their value is probably only going to decline as the years go on. Um, reportedly, I know Aldridge wanted out of San Antonio a while ago, but then they kind of mended their relationship. Um, but DeRozan, it, those rumors heated up here in the offseason that he wanted out of San Antonio. Um, but then those have kind of died down at least a little bit. So um, I think a DeRozan trade is probably more likely. He's also a little bit younger than Aldridge. Uh, I think and he's a little better. bit better. Of a, he's a better of a player at this point in his career. Um, but – Again, I can see both things happening. I can see the Spurs thinking, hey, we're in the hunt here. Let's let's see if we can do something with this team. Because they're not awful. They're not good, but they're not awful. Um, but in my opinion, long-term outlook, they should get rid of these guys. And the Spurs are a smart team, um, so I'm assuming they'll probably try and do just as, just as much. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. But I want to get into the, uh, the, the guard duo of Derek White and DeJounte Murray. I mean, these two uh, – could you know? I, I they really have Derek White. Derek White just got paid too a couple days. Yeah, ago. he did. I know. Yeah, he just got a uh, a good deal as well. I think Derek White, for me, is the more exciting of the two of them. I think he shows a little bit more flashes on the on the offensive side. Murray a little bit better of a defender, but both of them together. I mean, we really haven't seen them have a chance to kind of into a role where they're they're prominent scorers and they have to be relied on to score points. But if you if you see DeRozan, either Juan DeRozan or Aldridge, but mainly if DeRozan goes, you could absolutely see both of these two to take a huge uptake in their offensive game. I mean, Derek White, like I said, probably the more polished of the two offensive players. But Murray, I mean, he shows improvements every year. Both off, I mean, he's always been a really good defender, but he shows incremental improvements. I mean, even last year, uh, he he can really he's starting to shoot the three ball a little bit better really just developing overall as an offensive game. I, I I do like both of these guards a lot for their future. I think this is where they need to build around. I mean, who knows if either one of these two can become stars, but you, I mean, you have Derek White signed to, I mean, well, it is decent money. It's not a max deal or anything. So, I mean, Derek White, if he ends up being a, a, like a star player somehow, which we really have, we, we have no idea. He could end up being that. Uh, he looks good when, whenever I see him play, I'm like, man, why don't they give this dude the ball more? But uh you know, if he ends up blossoming into that star, they really haven't paid him. I mean, what is he making? Twenty mil a year. I mean, that's really good for a, for a guy. Like, I mean, that's that's a good deal if he is that kind of star. Same with Murray. I mean, they could probably get him signed to a, a pretty similar deal. And if if he ends up working out, if both these guys ends up being eighteen point per game or above scores, I think this team could could turn around really quickly. I I really do. With Derek White, because he's hurt right now, he's not going to start the season healthy. Yeah. Uh, the big and he was hurt last year. The big thing with him is, is injuries and health concerns. Um, I, I believe Murray was also um, injured a little bit last year, as well. But um, with White, I, I see him more as like a sixth man, um, which makes me think it might have been a little bit of an overpay. But I still really like him, and I still th he reminds me of kind of like a Spencer Dinwiddie type of guy who can come off the bench um, and give you some really good output and can start if need be. So I think Derek White's a really solid player. Um, the guy I really like, though, is DeJounte Murray. I think he is very underrated. I think he's one of the best defensive guards in the league. Oh, yeah. And I think that often gets overlooked um, because he's in San Antonio. They don't get as much media attention to some of the bigger markets and bigger teams. Um, but, yeah, I really like Murray. Uh, he's still only 24 years old. I could see him taking a, a very big step this year, especially if they trade DeRozan or Aldridge and he's given more responsibility. Um, I, I really liked his his long-term outlook. I think Lonnie Walker, he's a solid shooter, showed some really nice flashes, some really good development last year i think that carries over into this season uh devin vassell is a really interesting rookie a lot of people are high he's on him really he's looked really good in preseason yeah, he's looked really really good and uh even well, trey jones i mean he was a, he was a good college player i don't know if his game will translate to the nba but he's take a flyer on a guy right he's still a decent player they also got yaka pertle um who's a decent like young him. center um they got pieces, and I think um, even if they don't make the playoffs this year, if they trade Aldridge or trade DeRozan, even if they're bad, um, as we've said several times throughout these episodes, um, there's not a whole lot of teams tanking 
and next year's draft is going to be really good. So even if the Spurs aren't awful, I still can see them being getting a top five pick in the draft, and that can that can be a really nice player that you can add to this surprisingly really decent young core. And I think it often gets overlooked um, because we we think, oh my God, the Spurs missed the playoffs; they must be awful. They got some really nice pieces, and I think this might be more of a bridge year. Um, I think yeah. you started off by saying how like this is they're kind of in this weird in between zone, um, and yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. I think they got to get these old guys out of here, get some assets, do well in the draft next year. Which the Spurs obviously getting guys like Kawhi Leonard late in the draft. Kim, Tim Duncan was first overall, so I won't give him a ton of credit there. But they got Tony Parker late in the draft. They got Manu Ginobili in the second round. Um, they they are a really well run franchise, well coached. Uh, they know where to find value in all positions of the draft. Um, so I think I feel confident that this they they they, would, they won't have to do like a full ten year rebuild like some other teams. They they will, they will be really relevant again and be a play, like a legitimate playoff team here. I would say as early as next season if if everything goes right. Yeah, I mean they'll have some they'll have some money to toy with as well, especially if they get some contracts off the books. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean they do have a good young core that does get overshadowed. I am gonna try. I am gonna tune to this team a little bit. I. I the more I look at it, I don't think they're going to be very good. Personally. I'm still a little lower on them, but I am excited to watch this team, especially if guys like DeRozan and Aldridge get traded. I do, I do want to watch this team a little. Like I'm going to try to tune into them a little bit more. I'm going to make that commitment this year. I didn't watch a lot of Spurs basketball. I just kind of go, oh, they're boring. But then when I watch them, I'm like, I mean, they 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 are a well one. You can tell they're a well or a run team. Geez, uh, you can tell. Yeah. I mean, their offense and their defense both play. I mean, they play really hard. I mean, you could even see that in the bubble. They did. Yeah, exactly. More was in the bubble, and they they did play very hard, even though maybe not a lot to play for. Uh, overpowered by some of the better teams, they didn't look bad in the in the bubble. And and this is a team that is always going to play really hard. So I will. I'm going to tune into them a little bit more than than I kind of expected. And and while I'm not super optimistic on their chances to be good this year, they are going to be fun to watch. And you can never actually count the Spurs out. I mean, Popovich. Has yeah, I'm sure he's done. He's done crazier things than that. Yeah, it, it would not surprise me if this team sneaks into the playoffs. Um, but like I said before, I I, I think it it makes a lot it more be sense if they're, if they don't make like the playoffs this year. Yeah, though. exactly. If they're they're bad this year because there's going to be a lot of teams that are relevant, um, and then they build for the future because the West is really loaded. Um, but I think as you mentioned right there, they're well coached. They work really hard. Um, they'll they'll be relevant again very very soon. But um, Spurs usually aren't super entertaining to watch either, at least the more recent iterations of them. Um, but th- I-, I agree with you. Last year in the bubble, they were fun and entertaining to watch just because they work so hard. They hustle. And DeMar DeRozan is honestly, he's kind of underrated. I feel like he was a little bit overrated, uh, but he's, he's a really solid player. And I think that gets overlooked as well. Um, but we'll jump in here to the final team. Um, one of the most entertaining teams of the year last season um, at least going into the season. And then even during the season, they had some injuries, obviously, to Zion, to Lonzo Ball, uh, all those guys. But they're still really entertaining to watch um, and a really fun team. A lot of people are really looking forward to them heading into this season. Um, in terms of additions, they added uh, Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe most notably, and they also added Willie Hernan Gomez. Uh, they drafted Kira, Kira Lewis Jr., um, who I believe dropped in the draft. He was projected to be – I like him a lot, little- too. He was projected to be a little bit higher, and they got him um, lower than people expected. They added Ike and Igbogu. I think I said that right. And then they added Wendy and Gabriel as well. So attractions, most notably, they lost Drew Holiday. They traded him to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Derek Favors as well uh, went back to the Jazz. Uh, Jill Okafor to the Pistons. And they just lost some role guys in Darius Miller, Frank Jackson, and Etwan Moore. Um, three keys to watch. The big thing for me is, because this is a team that a lot of people have as a – uh, borderline playoff team, and we'll get into that here at the end. But um, the big thing for me is, will this starting rotation work well together? I mean, Brandon Ingram obviously was a really good player last year, most improved player of the year, made an all-star team, was really, really good. Um, but we didn't really see him and Zion work a whole lot together because Zion was hurt. Uh, my big thing is, can those two guys coexist? As well as Lonzo Ball, we had their big three right there on, on the board. And you have you had guys like Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, um, those are probably going to be their starting guys. Uh, before I get into my thoughts on it, Chris, what do you think? Do you think this rotation will work well together, or do they need maybe need to trade these guys and get better fits? No, I, I mean, I think they, they showed last year that they, they can work well personally. I thought once Zion got entered in the rotation, this team was – honestly, they looked a lot better when, when, he, when he finally did make his debut. I mean, I think – these three together, it is going to be a big loss replacing Drew Holiday this year. But Eric Bledsoe, I mean, he's not as good as Drew Holiday, but he's still a veteran presence that they they definitely need a guy like that for sure. 
But I really think the core three here that we have, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, they're going to continue to develop together. And I think that this team is going to be interesting. And they're all, they were very fun to watch once, once Zion went there. And, and Brandon Ingram was obviously insanely, I mean, one most improved player. So, I mean, obviously an insanely, like he got a ton better. He, he really stepped up both as a leader and as a scorer as well. It still has a little bit of work to do on the defensive side, but he's got a lot of length. I'm not really worried about it. He's still super young. It usually takes a few years for young players to develop on the defensive side of the ball, but he has all the tools to be a, an above-average defender in this league, and that's why a lot of people compared him to uh, like uh, an off-brand or a younger, obviously less developed Kevin Durant. You can see it. He's a smooth yeah. player. It looks really effortless for him to score. Obviously, he has some consistency issues as well. I mean, yeah, there's games where he – he look, he kind of coasts through them, but you can kind of see the same things with KD still at this point in his career. There's there's games he knows when he needs to take over. He knows when he, you know, he can kind of defer a little bit more. But uh, Ingram, yeah, obviously still younger, still needs to develop a lot. But his wiry frame and his offensive skill really really make him a a player with a high ceiling. And I mean, you can say the same thing for Zion Williamson. Obviously, as we have in number two, has to stay healthy. But he's he's dropped some weight this year. I mean, I believe it was what over twenty pounds he he lost. That's a big deal for a guy like that. I mean, a guy that really has to use his knees, which I think is a concern, has to use his knees to yeah. you know, the, the jump out of the gym ability, a guy that really relies on that athleticism at this point in his career, which I think he will develop a little bit more skill, both offensively and defensively, as his career gets older or longer. Uh, kind of same with Brandon Ingram. You know, These guys are going to develop more skills as they get older. But uh, Zion right now, his athleticism is just off the charts, and he is super fun to watch for sure. I mean, he's a great rebounder as well and a really polished finisher around the rim. So it's going to be fun to see those two in particular. And then Lonzo Ball, obviously, can't forget about him. Uh, continues to – he's obviously a great defender, one of the best defensive point guards in the league. Going to continue to improve as a both a playmaker in efficiency. He's obviously a great passer, but also turns the ball over a lot. He's going to – He's continuing to improve his shot a little bit more. Last year, finally started making some three-pointers. Even his release looks a little bit better. This is a team I watched a pretty decent amount because they were in the running with the uh, the Blazers and, and also were entertaining, so I wanted to tune in. But uh, I am excited. For I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to be a play-in team. I don't think they're a, a team that's going to make the playoffs, but they could, like you have in number three, potentially a post-hype sleeper team. Yeah, I mean, you really touched on all the points I was going to say. Um, and even I was a little more um, worried about the rotation. But I'll be honest, you kind of talked me into it a little, little bit more um, because um, I think – I mean, it really just comes down to health. But I do like the fit, honestly. I think Steven Adams is a hugely underrated addition. I mean, I think – I thought Steven Adams was like 35 years old. He's only 27. Like, he's – not old by any means. Um, I think because he came into the, he started with the Thunder at such a young age that it feels like he's been, he's been around for a very long time, but he's still relatively young. And I think he'll be really huge for the defensive end of the ball um, because that's a big issue with the Pelicans. And Steven Adams, uh, he might not be the best defensive player um, in the league, um, but he's very motivational. He gets his guys working hard. And if you look at some of those Thunder teams, really every Thunder team that he was a big part of, they never had a bad defense. They, they always were at least an average defense. And I think that'll pay huge dividends for a team like the Pelicans, um, who didn't have that. And, and also something we forgot to mention here uh, was Stan Van Gundy. I mean, he's their new coach. I think same thing there. I think he'll really get them playing hard defensively on the ball. I don't think Lionel Hollins is a great head coach. I think he's a great assistant coach, not a great head coach though. And I think Stan Van Gundy, um, and not Lionel Hollins, Alvin Gentry, excuse me. I thought Lionel Hollins was their head coach. Alvin Gentry. Uh, I think he's a great assistant coach, not a great head coach though. Um, and I think Stan Van will be a really huge addition for them because um, even with the Pistons, I thought he was a decent coach. He just was a terrible GM. So now that he just is focused on head coaching, um, he's got a really very talented team, um, probably the most talented team he's had since those Orlando teams that went to the finals like a decade ago. So I think Stan Van will be a huge addition. Um, Eric Bledsoe, whether he comes off the bench or he's a starter, will be a really nice player. Um, and it really just comes down to, like I said, the health of their big three in Lonzo, Ingram, and Zion. If they stay healthy, if Lonzo, by all accounts, he's got a really nice jumper now, really nice shot. If that's true, um, this team could be really, really good. Um, and I can see them being a potential team. I know we're crossing sports here, but they could be a Cleveland Browns type of team that if you think about last 
going into the 2019 season, the Browns were a huge team. Everyone was super hype about them. And then they really did not live up to expectations. And then this year, obviously, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I can see the Pelicans going down a very similar path. Everybody was super high on them going into last season because of Zion. Then because of injuries, underperformance, all that. They didn't play well. Um, but now I think they could be – I think I might be a little bit higher on them um, because I could I can see a world where they are the sixth seed um very easily maybe even the five seed i feel like they're more they're definitely more in the closer to the range with like the grizzlies and the with like the grizzlies yeah um but i think they're better than the grizzlies for sure and i think if a team like the they're more like with the rockets i would say um and then if they lose james harden and then if a team like the jazz the mavericks the blazers the suns if they aren't as good which is definitely possible if they're not as good as we expect them to be um i could easily see the pelicans um sneaking into the fifth or sixth seed in the in the west um and i also think even if that doesn't happen i think they're still going to for sure be in the play in tournament at worst and they could even win the play in tournament and get one of those seven or eight seeds um, even if they're going against good teams like the Warriors or other teams like that. So um, I really like this team. I like their moves. Um, I think they also have some young guys we haven't even talked about here today. They got Josh Hart, J Jackson Hayes, uh, Kira Lewis. I know you said you really like him. Yeah, I like him uh, JJ Redick. JJ Redick is by no means a young guy, but he's still a solid shooter. Uh, Nikhil yep. Alexander-Walker, he's a solid young player as well. They've got a lot of interesting pieces on this team, and I think they're going to be pretty good, and I think they're also going to be extremely entertaining to watch. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a good young core. And I think, honestly, Drew Holiday leaving does open up the door for both. I mean, while Eric Bledsoe will probably get a lot of the minutes, I think Kira Lewis can make an impact his rookie year. I mean, this is a dude that played at Alabama, averaged, what, 18 points a game around there for, uh, I mean, what it wasn't a great team. But uh, similarly, Colin Sexton was clearly the best player at the guard position. Uh, he's an absolutely electric athlete. And I think he that's where he fits in really well with this team. And, and I'm I'm not insanely invested in the rookie, like every rookie class as much as, you know, some other people really overanalyze it. But this is a guy I definitely highlighted as a guy I wanted to, I was hoping to see go to a, a destination like this. I think it's a perfect fit for him. He's going to come off the bench to start the year, probably throughout the season, but he's going to get some playing time, I'm assuming. And I mean, he's a, he's an explosive athlete. It reminds me a lot. I mean, maybe it's a little bit too much hype, but remind, it does remind me somewhat of De'Aaron Fox is, is, is of his ability to pace the floor. He's a super fast point guard. So, uh, that's that's really why I like him. I like I like point guards on the floor like that, and he's going to be hopefully. I mean, this is a team that really liked to run last year, and a team with a, yeah. a lot of with Lonzo Ball. I think he kind of fits in. He could be a combo guard with Lonzo Ball if he ends up cracking the starting lineup. But uh, that's those are some of the reasons I I definitely really liked their pick and was one of my favorites of the draft because he did fall a little bit further than I thought he would. Yeah, I, I like him. They got a lot of really nice guards on this team. Yeah, because even Eric, even Eric Bledsoe. I mean, I know everyone likes to rip him apart because he sucks in the postseason, but he's a really good regular season guy. Um, he was almost an all star last year. He had some he had some all star buzz around him. He's a really solid player as well. Um, so with Ball, Lewis, Bledsoe, um, even Josh Hart, they have a really nice guard. Um, was that? quadruplet i think that's what you say not a trio it's a, it's a quadruplet or whatever uh they have a really nice guard candom and even though some of those guys you mentioned there kira lewis is a really nice asset um if a guy becomes available on the market and lewis gets off to a solid start they could trade him and get yeah, a, a maybe maybe another area of need but honestly this team they're, they're deep they have a solid starter at each position um i I like this team. I, I, the more we keep talking about them, I'm more I'm more buying into the hype a little bit. I think they might be a five or six seed. I think the ceiling's definitely there. It really just comes down to health. Um, but as you mentioned, Zion appears to be in the best shape of his life. I know everybody says that headed into a new season, but um, it seems like it might be legitimate. He, he went through all his strength and conditioning drills with no problem, and those were an issue while I headed into last season. Um, and I think I think he could definitely be an All NBA type of player, along with Brandon Ingram and uh, and Lonzo, still a really good player as well. People don't talk about him as much because Lamelo's in the NBA now in the late, and he's on the Lakers anymore, but he's still a really solid player, both sides of the ball. Um, I don't know, man. I really like this team. I really like this team. I mean, they're definitely whether or not they end up being good or not, uh, they're going to be very entertaining to watch in a team that I am going to make. Yeah. I'm, I make some time to watch this year. I mean, I'm going to try to get to every team as much as I can, but this is going to be, if they're on, I'm going to have a hard time uh, not selecting that game or whatever, you know, because I think this team uh, can be both good and fun at the same time. They're, it's going to be interesting to see Zion for a full year without a minutes restriction. If he blossoms into that superstar that he, he had the expectations with, 
this team could legitimately I so I can kind of agree and I can kind of see it. I'm a little bit higher on them now. I could see how they could be a six seed if if in, obviously Ingram's a good player. If Lonzo steps a little bit, steps up a little bit, if Bloodsoe's a good fit, and uh, if Zion, which I don't think these are huge ifs either. Uh, but if I think Zion, if he takes the next step to be to start him, I do think it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, man. It could be this could be a team that's that sneaks into the playoffs. Not only sneaks into the playoffs, but makes one of those tougher seeds sweat at least. Yeah. Yeah, and they could even be a team like they could be a four seed. I mean, if some of those teams ahead of them disappoint, I, I, yeah. see, I can see them being very similar to the Mavericks of last year, who were really solid, really fun team to watch in the regular season and made a little bit of noise in the playoffs. I can see that happening, but I even think the, the potential for this team is even a little bit higher than that with the Mavs. But um, five really entertaining teams, really interesting teams here. Um, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap this episode up? No, that's uh, it's pretty much it. I mean, the. Uh, I mean, now that we're concluded with all of our breakdowns, you know, this was a really good time talking to you about this. And, and you know, the, the NBA seasons really is it. I mean, it starts now. So, I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome to watch it. And I'm, I'm really, really excited for this NBA season. I know, obviously, I love the NFL. We both love the NFL. But the NBA, I mean, you said it's your favorite. It's a close second for me as well. But there is times where, I mean, you know, it's the end of the football season. I'm ready to start watching some NBA basketball and getting into it right here over the winter. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, every team has some really nice storylines. Um, even though the Lakers appear to be – they lost in their opener, though, but they appear to be the, the clear-cut favorite in the league. Uh, but outside of that, it really is a crapshoot, which is really nice, considering just a few years ago it felt like what the Cavs and Warriors met in the finals for the fourth time in a row. So a lot of parity, a lot of interesting teams. A wide range of outcomes seems like for every team, so it'll definitely be a really entertaining uh, season in the NBA, and I'm looking forward to talking about that with you throughout the year. But – um, that'll be it for this episode. Um, again, we are the Zone Defense Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, as well as searches on Apple Podcasts. Also, smash that like button. Drop a comment down below. Let us know your thoughts and our predictions for these five teams. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong. We love reading all those comments. Um, and as Chris kind of alluded to there, um, we will be breaking down. We'll have probably a weekly episode talking about the NBA, very similar to our NFL episodes. So be sure to check those out. And uh, this is also our final NBA preview episode. So if you haven't checked out the previous five parks, go back and watch those um, along with all of our NFL content that we post on a weekly basis as well. But um, thank you for listening to that this episode and we'll see you next time. Peace.